You're listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I'm Gandalf. I'm Matt. And I'm Nathan Van Horn. The Bible is the most read book ever, but to some, it is merely fiction. Join our conversations as we connect the dots to reveal that the story of the Bible is not only true, it's better than fiction. To learn more about the show or to contact us directly, visit us online at www.betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. Welcome back and good morning, listener. You're listening to episode 86 of the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. And true to my word from last week, this episode features 100% more Nathan Van Horn, but also it features 100% less Matt. Dun, so dun, dun. Ominous music. We'll call it a wash for the, for this <laughs> one. Hey, no, it's not a wash because that, we have 100% the same Gandalf. Thank you, Nathan. The, the, it, the North Star of this podcast, our true, our constant Gandalf. I am a rock. I am an island. You took segues. Are you going to take singing too? Is that how this is going to go? <laughs> I feel bad because it's like you used to be like the segue guy and the like topic introduction guy. And then I just have slowly taken everything from you, Nathan. And then like last week, last week I was the Shalom guy. Oh, that, that hurt. That bruised me. Yeah. I was wounded by that, sir. Uh, yeah. When you, when you dropped the Shalom at the end, man. Well, it didn't feel right. And I, I just imagine pretty soon we're going to have one of those like uh telethon things, like in the arms of an angel, like <laughs> with like black and white pictures of sad looking Nathan Van Horn for only a quarter a day. You can, su- you can support a jobless Nathan. The angel. Uh, just like that listener we're only two minutes in already two songs that's how you know two it's, songs. it's, a, it's a it's a good copyright infringement episode um <laughs> but your uh your job security is at an all-time high with these you know inconsistent preacher folk with whom you work uh yeah well it just it comes with the territory uh, like i always say there there are three hosts but only one producer that's that's so much more true than anyone realizes beyond me, you, and Matt, unless they listen to the end matter. And then they should know all too well, uh, that there is but one producer. I I, I will say this, I was visiting with folks last week, um, just doing, you know, preacher home visits and, you know, several folks in the church listen to the podcast and they say exactly what Matt and I say to you all the time, which is that the episodes are strongest when you are talking. Um, and that, uh, you know, for most people listening to this are not pastors. They're not, you know, uh, seminary students by and large, these are God's people in, in local churches. And so, you know, there's, there's kind of, we need to make a t-shirt out of this. There's this, we are Gandalf sentiment that Gandalf, you know, voices, uh, what most people are thinking that you're asking the questions that most people are thinking as we're listening to this. So, like I said, always stronger when you talk more and you should not have a problem with that today, since there's only two of us. Well, I do what I can. You like that passive shaming of Matt for not being here the episode after I had to miss? And we were so good, too. Like, we, we came in at, like, 27 minutes and everything. Like, we were trying really hard to... I'm going to take his see you next time at the end of the episode. Okay. Yeah, y'all had a nice... Y'all had a nice... Cons- I thought y'all had a great episode. I, like I said, I was... I was really worried about job security. I was like, what do I do anymore on this? But I have fun when I'm here. Yeah, you're an important member, an important host of, of the show. 
pay no attention. I feel like the Wizard of Oz. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. You know, we're not sure what he does, but he's here. And uh, to your to your point about being a host, it is important. Uh, I'll still segue back for today at least. Uh, being a good host is very important biblically. Mm, and we're we're going to see that today in the text. I have uh, a feeling. I, I will. Uh, before we get into the text, I do want to say that Matt baited me. Hey man, you could give them one more recap episode on circumcision. Uh, and I was like, nope, we're going to transition into Genesis 18. How about we do that? Uh, hey, I, I'm down with that. And and just like that, we inch farther along into the story. That's that's right. Heaven forbid we finish uh, before the return of Christ. So, uh, <laughs> so it's instead of trumpets, instead of trumpets, you're going to hear like our theme music play what? at the very at the very end. Now, at the very end, you will help tr- you will hear trumpets, but. Maybe what we're saying is 15 seconds before that, uh, you'll hear one last shalom. Um, <laughs> the, uh, and hopefully it'll be for me if I'm still around anyway. Uh, so today we're going to look at Genesis 18, uh, okay. verses one through eight. And I haven't read much lately. Would you mind if I read today? Uh, I have read the past three times in a row, so I'm very happy again. That, uh, I'm, I'm really on that job security bubble. So I'm trying to do as much as I can to contribute to this episode. Well, you take it away then. All right. Uh, Well, faithful listeners, we are in Genesis 18, verses 1 through 8. And as always, we are reading from the ESV. And the Lord appeared to him by the oaks of Mamre, as he sat at the door of his tent in the heat of the day. He lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing in front of him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the earth and said, O Lord, if I have found favor in your sight, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And while I I bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh yourselves, and after that you may pass on, since you have come to your servant. So they said, Do as you have said. And Abraham went quickly into the tent to Sarah and said, Quick, three seas of fine flour, knead it and make cakes. And Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf, tender and good, and gave it to a young man who prepared it quickly. Then he took curds and milk and the calf that had that he had prepared and set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree while they ate. Thank you, Nathan. Um, so the, the, the first thing that jumps out of this text at me is just like, I, I feel like I've definitely been where Abraham has been with like this manic energy of like where you're trying to prepare because you like realize that you're hosting guests like today instead of tomorrow and you're like frantically trying to clean the house and get something ready to go that's what i'm feeling from him in this yeah one. well i know we've used this illustration before but this is the that frantic mode that you go into when you were supposed to clean and your parents are coming home and you haven't cleaned and like how much can i get done in the 30 seconds it takes them to unbuckle and get out of the car and bring their yeah. stuff in from the garage. And, and the, chi- the chicken is still not defrosted. The chicken is still not defrosted. There it is. That's what pressure cookers are for, my friend. Oh, uh, <laughs> that's right. Stall tactics, meet them at the door, you know. Um, so here's my thing. Gandalf, you know, my passion is connecting dots. And so as you read through um, this passage, you kept you capture a couple of things. Uh, uh, an emphasis on trees right? The Uh Oaks of Mamre. And this is not, this is not the first time that we've seen the Oaks of Mamre, right? Yes. If I'm recalling correctly, the last time we saw them was when he was 
like setting he was like setting the borders of his area or like measuring so it's right. it's, it's really interesting you see the oaks of mary this is the third time they come up um the first time is in uh genesis 13 uh 13 18 uh as 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 he's doing exactly what you're talking about uh where abraham built an altar to the lord and we talked about that in a previous episode uh and so very importantly there and here you have a worship component, right? Because what does Abraham do when he meets these visitors? The first thing he does is he, he bows himself on the he earth. He bows himself to the earth. So you, so you have that component, that falling prostrate before, and he leads off with "O oh Lord." Um, so he understands that there's a God component in what's going on. Uh, by the way, y'all did such a good job with um, the divine visitation aspect, the theophany thing in the previous episode. Uh, yeah. I will not confirm or deny as to whether Matt captured my views accurately and adequately, but I'll just say mm. it was a good episode to listen to because that way I can dodge questions, you know, if, if anything sticky comes up. Well, um, in that one, last episode, we talked about whether or not it was, you know, a theophany or, you know, what it, we talked about the different, you know, takes on it here. It's clear, like God and his posse roll up. Well, like in so not, I will say this, not clear to some, because some people say, uh, three visitors and one of the directions that people go with that is, Hey, God's showing up. He says, Oh Lord, there's three visitors. Some people say, is this a Trinitarian thing? Uh, but I, mm. I'll, I'll say the text really doesn't lend itself because two of these figures are going to continue on right to Sodom, uh, in, in, in yeah. later on in the passage. Um, and so. There's going to be an incident. We'll just say that. There's going to, to say it mildly. But then also, uh, is didn't we talk about this way back when in in early chapters of Genesis? How we were we downplayed verses that could be talking about the Trinity because Moses writing this would have had no knowledge, no revelation. That's it. And, and, yeah. And so our first uh, again, I believe in the triune God. I believe that God has always existed in Trinity and as Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But this is a gradual revelation thing. And our first uh, incident in church history, to my knowledge, where the word Trinity is used is by Tertullian in his tractate uh, on baptism around 205 or 207 uh, AD. Um, and so it, it's one of those, if, if, if it takes us that long to get to the term that captures this biblical truth, man, if they were aware of it this far back, why would we get the term so much later? Does that make sense? Yes, um, it does. In fact, it's probably the incarnation of, of Jesus um, that yields a lot of fresh l reflection on the nature of the persons of the Godhead. Um, but that's, I, I really want to come back to the Oaks of Mamre because this is interesting for me on two levels. Number one, like you said, the first time uh, these are mentioned is Genesis 13, you know, mapping out the borders. Interestingly, the second time is in Genesis 14. Um, uh, what's so interesting there is what, do you remember what happened in Genesis 14? Was that when they separated, he and Lot separated? Yeah. He and Lot separated. Where does Lot end up going there? Uh, he ends, he ends up heading down to where he's going to appear next, right? Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. yeah. The Oaks of yeah. Memory are cueing that that whole storyline is coming back into play. You see what I'm saying? Oh, the, the last time we saw Oaks of Memory, there was a lot incident. And here we are setting up for another lot incident. Yahtzee, you got it. Um, and it's interestingly in that passage, Lot took what looked to be the favorable land, mm. right? And that's what I think is so interesting about this passage. Just look at the imagery. You have Abraham, a human figure, 
greeted by three uh, heavenly visitors, the Lord and two angels, spiritual beings. Um, and they meet under a tree. And what does Abraham end up doing? He makes them a meal. All right. So see if you can capture that for me. Where so far in the biblical story have we seen the combination of spiritual and earthly beings fellowshipping, important mm -hmm. trees, and eating? That sounds maybe just a little bit, maybe vaguely like Eden. Maybe just a little bit. Maybe um, possibly. <laughs> Uh, and by the way, when we talked about this, we don't come back to it enough, probably, uh, because we, y'all know what we do. We get wrapped up in minute details, but we have fun with that. And you're still listening. So who are you to judge? Um, uh, <laughs> we, we've talked about this in previous episodes. We, we tend to overlook the whole heavenly host component in Eden. God mm -hmm. completed the heavens and the earth and the whole host of them. Um, it's not just God and mankind in the Garden of Eden, right? There's also these spiritual beings. And, That's right. And it's, it's interesting for me, not since Eden have we had a God, mankind, and spiritual beings, and tree, and eating scene. And the, yeah, that's, and, you're right. And what's, what's so neat to me is, again, we've talked about this, th this Jewish line of thought where God starts with, with Adam and things go terribly wrong, and then God's got this redemptive plan uh, focused on Abraham and his descendants, his seed, through which he's going to make things right. And this ultimately right leads up to Jesus and, uh, and the church, the redeemed people of God. Um, here's what's interesting. How, how does it start in, in Genesis? When, when God is making mankind in his image, his first words to them, we've talked about this, are what? Be fruitful, food language. Mm multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Behold, I have given you every seed bearing plant for food, right? So there's, God has given seed to mankind that will make a different kind of seed. God is providing the meal. What's interesting in this context, Abraham, who relates rightly to God, sees the Lord, right? Goes to worship and Abraham's first impulse is, I've got to get this guy something to eat. Um, uh, there was a book, and I haven't read this book, so I probably shouldn't even mention the book, but but it, the, the title was interesting to me. Uh, it was called, I think it was written by a New Testament scholar by the name of Joshua Jip. It's on my shelf, uh, but I haven't read it yet. Uh, not that pastors ever do that, but the, but the name of the never. book, <laughs> never. Um, the name of the book is Saved by Faith and Hospitality. Um, and of course I believe in salvation by grace alone, through faith alone and Christ alone. Um, but I love, I love this interest in hospitality because biblically, this is one of those things that we overlook how you welcome or don't welcome as people, but especially God. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're, we're going into a story where how they welcomed, you know, supernatural divine presence goes terribly wrong. Uh, yeah, right. well, and I, I mean, so you have to think that this story is in mind, uh, for example, in, in Hebrews 13 in the New Testament, uh, Hebrews 13, one says, let brotherly love continue. But then the very next verse says, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers for some thereby have entertained angels unawares. Mm. Um, early story where that might be in mind, this one. Um, yep. That, that that's what it's referencing. Um, and yeah, uh, you you alluded to this. 
things will go very differently with the reception of this party, or at least the two of the three that continue on, uh, when they get to Sodom and Gomorrah. Yes. Um, I want to throw, uh, I want to throw another story into that mix that I think highlights what we're talking about. Uh, and that would be one of my favorite stories in the new Testament, Luke chapter seven, verses 36 through 50. And this is Jesus in the home of Simon, the Pharisee, right? And are you're familiar with the story, aren't you? I am, but, uh, yeah. Why, why don't you read that? Yeah. First? So, uh, it says one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him and he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table and behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wipe them with her hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he said, say it, teacher. And so Jesus tells this parable, a certain moneylender had two debtors. One owed him 500 denarii, a denarius was a day's wage, and the other owed him 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon answered, the one I suppose for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he, Jesus said, you have judged rightly. Then turning to the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? And, and time out, by the way, earlier, Simon's judgment of Jesus was on the basis, it says in the text, when Simon saw this. And Jesus is about to highlight, you didn't see what you really thought you saw, which is a very Genesis 3 thing, right? The serpent oh. uses a conversation and it changes the way Eve sees the fruit. Back to the present day. Um, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but he who is forgiven little loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Here's what's so interesting to me is that the power of that passage is for everyone around that setting, the Pharisee would have presumably been the righteous and holy person, right? Mm -hmm. He would, he, yes. he would have checked all the boxes for moral behavior, but what demonstrates what demonstrates that he is missing something is the way that he fails to be hospitable to God in the uh, flesh. Right? I, that's hospital, hospitality language. Ding, 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 ding. He didn't, he didn't welcome him. He didn't recognize his visitation. And Luke is using that in a bigger way uh, in the Gospel of Luke that we'll talk about because Jesus will eventually go to Jerusalem and not find welcome there, right? Uh, right. And so he'll weep over the city. Uh, that's very Genesis-like. Um, Again, we've talked a, a lot about uh, the garden versus the city, right? The garden as God's established habitat and, and mankind building cities. They go to yep. visit Abraham and they're under a tree. This is garden imagery. And Abraham, by faith, says, let me give them a meal. They will receive a very different welcome when they go to the city. Do, do you see that? Yes. Uh, yes. That's a big setup in the text. Um, and it will have big consequences in uh the text so i man i really i really think the hospitality thing uh for me that that really 
stands out. That's very interesting. If I can use my big vocabulary, it's setting up a juxtaposition. Yahtzee. Yeah. View these, view these two things. Let me look up juxtaposition real quick. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's setting up one of those. Um, uh, I, I think it's so interesting and I think it's even more interesting. Uh, I don't want to read too much into this, but, but what does Abraham think to prepare for them? Um, well, let's see. I mean, he's flower, flower cakes and yeah, a calf. Bread and a sacrifice. Uh, uh, okay. it, 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 yeah, uh, because uh, ha ha alongside the hospitality thing, this is not the last time in scripture that hospitality will be important. We just listed a couple of other examples. This is also oh. not the last time in scripture that the meal will be important. Oh, yeah, not even close. Um, this is, uh, by the way, this is a, a point. Matt made this a couple of episodes back. Anytime there's an unexpected birth or a baby that should not have been able to be born in scripture, pay attention. Uh, something big is about to happen. Um, I, I would, I would draw this point alongside of that point. It's amazing how often in proximity to passages like that, you see a meal passage. Um, mm. um, and, and this is one, you know, so it's in this passage uh, that you find out in a year's time, Isaac is going to be born, right? So a, yeah. a meal passage following a birth passage. Again, go to Eden. God, the first thing God gives them is food. Even before sin and death are part of the equation, they still had to eat. I cannot get over that. And right after sin and death become part of the equation, God moves the story forward by letting them have children. Um, and those children grow food. <laughs> so it'd be fair. It'd be fair to say that um, meals in relation to God is a Chekhov's gun that you need to be looking out for. Yeah, and how's how's this? What's this going to lead up to? Jesus is, you know, in the New Testament, Jesus is going to go to the city. He's not going to get hospitality, but Jesus is not going to destroy the city. He's going to give himself as a meal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you see that? Uh, Jesus is the ultimate birth that should not have been able to happen. He's the ultimate hospitality that God failed to receive. Uh, and yet when they didn't welcome Jesus as they should have, Jesus offers himself as a meal. Like that's, that's a huge arc biblically, um, uh, just leading into God's work in Christ. I think that's so neat. All right. So let me ask you a question. We're looking for that meal language and we've already talked about it, but is this, will we ever see Oaks of Mamre again, or is this the last time they're going to appear? Cause I, I'm noticing a pattern here whenever. We're talking about Oaks of Memory. Something big happens. You know, I think we see them only one more time. And what is that? In the passage, I think the last time we see them is Genesis 23, which is the passage right after God provides a substitute sacrifice for Isaac. Big. That's it, it, that's huge, right? Uh, and man, I was sitting on that spoiler for later, but that's okay. We'll, oh. <laughs> we'll, we'll play that card. Matt is all the time like, dude, I know you've got these dots connected and you, and you want to just drop dropped this. He's like, pace yourself, man, pace yourself. But again, Matt's not here today. So, um, well, Hey, if there's one thing that this podcast is known for, it's pacing itself. <laughs> like, I mean, this is episode 86 and we're in Genesis 18. That's it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I would like, if it were just me, which it's not even me all the time, but if it were just me, it'd probably be over in three weeks. Cause I would share everything I know in four episodes. Well, people know where this is going. It's like spoiler alert, Jesus. That's where, that's where this is going. Yeah. When in doubt, Sunday school answer. Um, <laughs> we made fun of that the last episode, but this, I mean, this is the, this is the thing though. Like 
man, when you pay attention about how we get to Jesus, it's a far more beautiful journey than we make it sometimes. Mm. Uh, I mean, there's just, there is so much to see. Um, yeah, I love that the Oaks of Mamre comes back in, uh, in Genesis 23. Uh, and again, coming right off of Genesis 22, uh, where you have a substitute sacrifice, you have a worship scene, you have an animal giving its life, uh, so that, uh, humans can live, which is also very garden of Eden. Again, I, again, I just, I want us to see how it's working within Genesis. I want to see how it's working in the Bible, because those are some interesting dots. I think to connect. Yep. Be on the lookout. Number one, be on the lookout for Oaks of Memory. Be on the lookout for meals. Be on the lookout for um, uh, sacrifice imagery. It's everywhere. It's it's um it's like the X Files. It's like <laughs> I want to believe. It's the signs are everywhere. I thought the X Files was the truth is out there. Oh, I messed that up. It's okay. You can tell I didn't. I didn't watch X Files. I, I was not allowed to watch X Files. I want to keep. I want. I, I never watched the X Files. I want to keep talking about that so so that you're tempted not to edit it out. <laughs> I won't edit it out. That'll be that'll be good. Well, Nathan, you've reclaimed segues, which you'd now like to reclaim outro. Yeah. Why don't you wrap us up and then I'll save Matt's line and mine. <laughs> All right. Well, listener, if there's something else you want to look out for, and that's to be subscribed to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. You will um, always you be can, welcomed here. You, that's correct. I'm stealing the outro. You, Go ahead, sorry. <laughs> Job security. Well, you know you know what? The sign that Gandalf was coming to Bilbo's house was the preparation of a meal, an unexpected preparation of a meal. So do with that what you will. Um, and you can always get a notification whenever a new episode drops every Tuesday morning. That's the plus button on Apple Podcasts. That's the check mark on Google Podcasts, that's the heart on Spotify. And not only will you get a notification and never miss an episode, you will also tell the algorithm that this is worthwhile content. So if you believe that, do that and we can help us all out. Until then, you have a great week and we'll see you back here next Tuesday. Channeling Matt, see you next time. And for myself, Shalom. Now we need to cut that.